Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the To A Lifestyle Podcast. I want to greatly appreciate you for listening to another episode. And before we get into our main segment, let's go ahead and start getting the intro and all that good shit out of the way. Uh, let's go ahead and state that if you haven't already, please subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. That is the best way to keep up with new podcasts as they are put out on the interwebs also if you can leave us a review it is the best way for people to find us whenever they're looking for gun related content uh and i will say uh john or what was it jay cutler sucks dick he has not changed his uh itunes review yet so i guess we still uh, the right amount of cussing i don't know but i just went back and looked and and uh i thought i still laugh to this every time i see it mike i think that's funny um, oh, it's hilarious. It <laughs> absolutely is. But uh, appreciate it if you would leave us a review wherever you can. Also, go ahead and check out our social medias. You can find me everywhere at 2A Lifestyle. You can find Mike on Facebook and Instagram at Just Pews. Also on Instagram, Tat Actual. You can check both of us out at JustPews.com, where we have good articles written every day by me mike and our buddy eric uh from nelson gunsmithing also if you can check out our patreon it is the best way for you to support this podcast anything you guys gives us goes directly back into this podcast it goes to publishing uh, all that kind of stuff and if you want to have a little bit of an extra giddy up for you know signing up for patreon anything that you guys want us to do like whether it be an extra episode a week um or you know whatever you want to do let me know i'm trying to figure out a way to uh, incentivize people to support us on patreon also go ahead and check out uh well shit i think that's it uh, anyway mike you got anything no no not that i can think of just you know visit justfuse.com and send it to all your friends recommend it to your family members and have them sign up for the newsletter absolutely and uh, also go ahead and recommend this podcast as well uh that you know sure. we are yeah we are best put out there uh by word of mouth uh, so i greatly appreciate any you know kind of self-publicity you guys can give us mike i don't know what you're doing to like mute yourself i don't know if you're putting your phone over or your finger over the microphone yeah. uh but it's it, yeah, it's I, terrible every time man every time uh but anyway with that let's go ahead and get on into the main segment of the show Well, the first thing we're going to be talking about, of course, anytime we have some sort of uh, firearms shooting sports uh, news, we're going to highlight it because we highly support the shooting sports on this podcast. With the Olympics coming up, I cannot wait to see what new comes out and who uh, you know, from the countries is going to do well. But in this article from Ameland, the Ruger captain Doug Cohen wins at Hornady Precision Rifle Challenge. And this was from Woodruff, Utah. Uh, he won the Hornady Precision Rifle Challenge. And it is he won using his stock. Now, this is what's crazy. His stock Ruger custom shot precision rifle chambered in 6.5 Cre- or 6 millimeter Creedmoor, not 6.5. Just 6 millimeter Creedmoor with the final score of 123. There was a total of 20 stages 
uh, with the backdrop of the mountains. Now, this is pretty interesting because in the article it says the temperatures vary from 40 to 94 degrees. Now, if you know anything about ballistics and long-range shooting, that is a huge challenge itself right there to your equipment and to your ballistics. So, you know, Doug, or yeah, Doug, he must have really done his homework in regards to his ballistic tables and all the other kind of stuff uh, to be able to do that challenge right there, going from 40 to 94 degrees. That's impressive as hell, man. I, I'm, that's awesome. Uh, it goes on and says that, uh, you know, his Ruger custom shop RPR formed flawlessly and allowed him to win another production title. Uh, that is really cool. You know, Mike, I'm, do you keep up with any of the long range shooting stuff? I'm trying to get into it myself, but the fact that you know, it varied from 40 to 94 degrees, that's challenging as hell. It really is. And I mean, I try to, I try to follow it a little bit, so that way I'm not completely ignorant to the subject, but I don't follow it too closely. I do believe, though, that uh, Coing actually won another shooting event earlier this year. I think it was the, was it the Leupold one? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. We've covered it on this podcast. Yeah, this man is on fire, it seems like. Absolutely. that That's some pretty good shit right there. Uh, next article. Uh, go ahead, man. I was just going to say, it, it really is, and congratulations. And if you ever listen to this podcast, we'd love to have you on. Absolutely. You know, what's funny, and I'll, I'll go into it later, but, uh, you know, I actually tried to get a couple people on this podcast, uh, but have been left on sent. Not even read, just sent. Uh, but we'll, I'll talk about that later. Uh, the next article comes to us from the Firearms blog. Strike Pay announces credit card processing partnership with Poly80. Now, we have covered on this podcast before what the progressives and uh, the you know anti-gun crowd is trying to do in regards to the gun industry is they're trying to make it to where we you know gun manufacturers aren't able to process payments now uh there's been numerous cases where like bank of america paypal uh other financial institutions are not allowing the sale of firearms on their platforms and you know that is just their way to try and enforce gun control in another way. Well, StrikePay has said that they're going to have a partnership with Poly80 in which uh, StrikePay will allow uh, Poly80 to process their credit card processing, which is a huge thing because, you know, most Poly80s, they're going to be done, sold online. Uh, you know, when you purchase online, you're going to have to use a credit card or yeah. a debit card. You know, those credit cards slash debit cards, they go through a one of the major, you know, financial institutions. And if you can't, you know, send them your money, you're not going to get your product. And if they can't take your money, they're not going to be able to stay in business very long. So the fact that StrikePay is doing this is awesome. I, I think it's great that, you know, Poly80 has been fucking killing it, not only in innovation and how they've done the 80% polymer Glock lowers, but also just in regards to their Second Amendment stance. You know, they have been targeted by the ATF. They've been targeted by the current uh, executive administration. They've been targeted by all the major gun control groups. And they are standing up for the Second Amendment. They're standing up for their customers. And they keep fighting. And I think that's awesome as fuck, man. I think It really is. Oh, it's... 
so great. Dude, and I could honestly see Polymer 80 if the ATF decided to shut them down. I could see P80 destroying all their all their information so that way the ATF can't seek out customers. Oh yeah, like oh, uh, you know, sorry, or or light or you know, lightning struck our building and destroyed all of our electronic yeah. servers. <laughs> you know. Yeah, now I will say I mean, one, it's really cool and I I'd like to attribute it to us that there is now memes being used as article display images, which Hell is pretty yeah. dope. Yep. Um, but I'd also say I'm surprised that the firearms community, as as freedom thinking and as independent as we try to be, that we haven't gone over to cryptocurrency to try and process some of these things. For instance, um, I think it's Coinbase that has the USDC coin, which is a coin that is backed by uh, the US dollar and then a, a coin exchange something or other. And it's valued at $1 and it never changes. So I'm surprised that as a community, we haven't tried going more towards a cryptocurrency that's that's decentralized and, and doesn't have to be held uh, basically as a hostage by the banking companies in terms of being able to com- uh, conduct business. But, you know, I wonder how that would work in regards to, you know, these federal laws in regards to, you know, unable to trade, you know, just, I don't know, all I can see that is possibly, you know, being used. And, and of course, we know it's BS. It, we're just doing what we can to uh, exercise our Second Amendment rights. But I can definitely see progressive and gun control politicians being able to use that as a reason to say, you know, look at these, you know, scary gun owners. They don't want to know who is, you know, purchasing guns or want to use these cryptocurrency. Which is all <laughs> Which is all smoke and mirrors because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you buy it with a credit card, if you buy it with a cryptocurrency, a check, or cash. If you're picking it up at an FFL, you have to go through a background check. So them saying that is really just just diving into the the people that will buy into their insanity. Oh, I absolutely 100% agree with you as well. But, you know, I always try and look at the the... The, ro- the obstacles in the road ahead whenever we decide to take a left or a right turn to try and preserve our rights because, you know, we really have to start thinking how they would think because that's how we're going to be able to preserve our rights and take back what has already been taken. Yep, and speaking of preserving our rights, I did do a really recent article, just a shameless self-promotion here, about how um, we can make the NFA reasonable and like you were saying, I think you said in the chat that that was a real interesting take in your opinion, or in my opinion, and I think that's the direction that we as a community need to be headed. That is a really good article, and I was going to say that, but I think that is definitely a great article. If you haven't already, check out that article on JustPews.com. Shameless promotion, like you said, but it is a (laughs) great article, and it's something that you would probably read and talk to your friends and, and you know start an interesting conversation. That's something I would say. Definitely, and please, uh, please don't be the boomers that don't read the article. They only read the headline and go, "Well, the NFA is is unconstitutional." Yes, I'm not retarded. We all know that the NFA is unconstitutional and it shouldn't have existed to begin with. But yep, the current political climate, we are never, ever, ever going to see a full uh, withdrawal of the National Firearms Act. We won't see it in my lifetime. If we, if we do see it in my lifetime, I will eat my hat live stream. Literally eat a hat. Heard it here. I want to see it. I want to see Mike eat his hat. Yeah, I, I like. I don't want to eat it, but I will. I even have one that's wrapped in leather, so it'd at least be a little nutritious. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I want to see it. <laughs> anyway, uh, going into the next article. Uh, this comes to us from New York. Uh, Andrew Cuomo, the weird fuck that runs the New York state. Uh, he has signed a, you know, declared a emergency basically uh, gun violence disaster emergency. And what this is, is this is allowing him to take backdoor ways into imposing more gun control. Uh, you know, allows, you know, there's been things like the SAFE Act, public nuisance, uh, you know, it brings civil, you know, which brings civil liability lawsuits against licensed firearms manufacturers, importers, marketers, and sellers. Um, basically, he's trying to say the you know, recent gun violence in New York is a reason for him to go around some of these civil liberties protecting our Second Amendment. And not even necessarily our Second Amendment, but also uh, the right for these businesses to operate and to be protected from frivolous lawsuits uh, in regards to what's going on with the Lawful Commerce Act, you know, which is what a lot of these, you know, gun, manuf gun manufacturers protects them from going into millions of dollars of frivolous lawsuits whenever some kind of fucking nut decides to use their firearm to commit his acts of violence. You know, it could be done with explosives uh, if they got their hands on explosives. You know, just if you want to harm people, you're going to find ways to harm people, whether it's with firearms, you know, driving a truck through the middle of a crowd, you know, that's something we've seen, uh, all the way to knife attacks, you know, overseas is that what we see. People that wish to do people harm, they're going to do it. But, you know, these pro-gun control politicians uh, and these organizations out there like uh, Every Town and all that other kind of bullshit, they are looking for ways to put gun manufacturers out of business and the Lawful Protect, you know, Protection of Commerce Act uh, that is one thing that's protecting them. But with Cuomo doing this, uh, you know, disaster emergency, uh, you know, bill that he signed in is trying to find ways around that. And this is going to be interesting. I think this is going to set a precedent because obviously this is going to go to federal court. Um, but, you know, I, I'm interested to see what this can hold in the future in regards to our Second Amendment rights, because with that. You know, if this, even if it just gets a little bit of traction, you're going to see other places like Chicago, California, uh, you know, New Jersey, all these other states that are having this unprecedented violence because of one reason or another, they're going to blame it on the guns, which is, you know, to them what they want because that's what they want to go after. And they're, they're going to use these, you know, you know, emergency disasters, you know, these, these quote unquote emergency disasters and try and go after lawful gun owners and lawful gun manufacturers. And that is absolute horseshit. I cannot wait to see the FPC's filings on this because, you know, the FPC and the FPF and the GOA, they're going to use that mighty legal pin and they're going to go after this unlawful and unconstitutional, you know, tyrannical acts. Uh, have you heard about this? I haven't, but I mean, the thing is, uh, the thing that I really hate about about Cuckmo is the fact that he will say, well, New York has a gun violence issue. Okay, listen here, buddy. New York doesn't have a gun violence issue. It's New York City. New York City specifically has a, quote, gun violence, end quote, problem. Nowhere else in the state of New York 
do you have shootings as rampant as you do in New York City? It's just like Chicago and Illinois. Chicago makes up the prime, the majority of the crime that happens in Illinois, yet everyone else has to suffer, and they do it under under the guise of, well, Illinois has a violence issue. No, Illinois doesn't have a violence issue. Chicago has an issue. New York City is the issue. And this guy needs to stop acting like it's the entire state. It's yep. not. It's New York City specifically because it's a cesspool of pieces of shit, just like Chicago is. You know? And it, <laughs> as much as I hate to see it, the FPC, FPF, and GOA, they're going to file, but the Second Circuit Court, for which is where New York falls under, is is a very liberal circuit court, from my understanding. Um, and if they go, if they try to file, it goes to the Second Circuit Court. It's got judges that are going to be ruling in favor of, of Cuckmo's decision or Cuckmo's legislation. And... The Supreme Court will probably never take up the case if they push for it to go to the Supreme Court because the Supreme Court, sorry for sorry if I offend anyone out there, but everyone on the Supreme Court is a lazy ass. They don't want to do their fucking jobs. They only want to do it for a portion of the year. Yep. And, and they aren't going to take the case because they see the Second Amendment as a second-class right. And it's because they live in a gated community with armed security. Well, you know, you say that, but everyone said the same thing about the Ninth Circuit. But the Ninth Circuit has really, you know, surprised the shit out of everybody. So the right, Second but, Circuit may start having that change as well. Well, the problem um, But I agree is, with you 100% about the SCOTUS. Well, I mean, the problem there is, is the Ninth Circuit, I think you have two or three judges that were appointed by, by uh, kind of pro-gun presidents like... I believe there's one named Ken. I can't remember his last name. I think he's an Asian guy. He was appointed by Trump, and him and Benitez are both very pro Second Amendment. The issue is, is all the other judges on that in that circuit court are very anti-gun, and like there's 13 judges in the Second Circuit Court, according to Wikipedia. I would be surprised if a majority of them are pro Second Amendment and and not anti-gun. Correct. I mean, we're, we're seeing a, a gradual change. So, that you know, I'm just saying in regards to the second court, we haven't seen them uh, except for obviously, uh, what was it, the uh, the the case where New York uh, at the last second made the case moot. You know, obviously uh, that went up to SCOTUS and it went past the second judicial. I don't know how the second federal court ruled on it, quite honestly. Uh, I wish we had Cole on here, but. He would probably know a lot better than us, but you know yeah. it, it'd be interesting <laughs> to see what's going to happen in regards to that. And kind of go along with that, um, this next article, and I threw this one in as the Hail Mary here, uh, Mike, no. so I'm probably going to send you the link. But Real quick, have you been before, keeping up with... Go ahead, go ahead. Before you go on, I do want to just mention something for the legal fans that are out there. Um, a whole bunch of people are under the impression that the Second Amendment hasn't been ratified by the 14th Amendment yet. Um, and this is something that me and Cole have gone back and forth on. The Second Amendment was actually ratified in a case called, I think it was McDonald v. Chicago. This didn't really, it ratified it to where the Second Amendment is protected by the 14th Amendment. But it doesn't say how. That's the only issue. It has not been tested. We don't know how it's protected. We just know that it is protected. So no matter what's happening, that should mean that the Second Amendment can never fully disappear, which is at least a really good thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I listen all the time. You know, have you ever like seen Quora? You know, those uh, things where you can ask questions and people can answer. 
there's always people from like obviously outside the United States asking like you know why is the United States guns so such an issue and all that kind of stuff and you know yeah. that just people outside the United States do not understand how our amendments and our civil liberties are protected from the Constitution and how it requires like a two thirds majority vote from uh, both houses of Congress to uh, repeal an amendment. And then it takes three quarters of the states to repeal that amendment, you know, which has only happened one time in our fucking history where an amendment has been repealed. And that's been obviously prohibition because we saw how well that fucking turned out. Yeah, so. it really didn't turn out too well. I do want to mention um, for those that don't understand uh, you know, the, 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 the gun, how firearms are in the United States or whether or not violence is an issue. Uh, there's a libertarian fa- uh, YouTube channel. I cannot remember what the name is of the channel, but it's an Asian chick that runs it. And she actually did a really good comprehensive breakdown between the states with the most amount of gun control and the states with the least amount of gun control. And she actually found out that the states with the least amount of gun control had a lower murder rate per 100,000, I believe it was, than Australia. And the states with the highest amount of gun control actually had a higher murder rate than California or than Australia. It was very interesting. That that is interesting, and I don't know, man. It's just you can't uh, you you can't compare one country like you can't compare us to like fucking say Switzerland or Sweden or like you you really know, some can't. other. It's just so vastly culturally different. It is, and I mean, and if if any of you don't believe that, just look up the the uh, demographics on the population. Any Scandinavian country has a population that like like demographic ninety percent of the population or more higher is white. Yep, they are not culture culturally uh, diverse like the United States is. The United States has the highest diversity in terms of population out of any country in the world. Absolutely. Anyway, speaking of kind of diversity going into this, it kind of ties into this next article. Uh, have you been keeping up with South Africa lately? You know, I try to ignore Africa because of the whole Darfur thing from when I was a kid because we'd send all that aid over and then the warlords would just come in and kill everyone and take it and then we never learned, oh, hey, if we send the aid, they're just going to get killed. Well, I really wanted to highlight this story just because the videos that have been coming from South Africa have shown really why there should be a constitutionally protected reason for us to be armed. Because what happened in South Africa is an ex-president failed to appear for a corruption hearing and he was arrested by the government. Well, since this has happened, that I wish country... that happened here. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, since this has happened, that country has just devolved into chaos and many neighborhoods in smaller towns have gathered and they've created checkpoints where they're defending themselves from looters and rioters going into their areas and we saw this a little bit last year whenever uh you had you know antifa and those other rioters going outside the main cities like portland and and seattle and stuff like that and try and go into the suburbs you know, the, the suburbs said, you ain't taking that shit this way. But, I mean, the videos where there's actually been shootouts of rioters, you know, trying to come into these little neighborhoods and towns in South Africa. And they're being met by, you know, both black and white South African uh, armed South Africans defending their communities. And I'm telling you, it, it is it's harrowing to see because this I mean civilization itself to me and i tell this to everybody is just held on by a fine thread 
And we saw that almost fucking dissolve last year in America with toilet paper shortages and fucking riots and all this other kind of bullshit. But, you know, I wouldn't consider South Africa a well-established civilization, obviously, already to begin with. Uh, But it just goes to show why we have the Second Amendment and why it's important, because anything can happen that can, you know, break down society as we know it. And we need to defend ourselves, need to defend ourselves, not only from rioters and looters, but also from uh, impressive, authoritative figures. And that's why the Second Amendment is there. Uh, I'm telling you, if you I think you should take a look at it, uh, Mike. There's been some videos yeah. going around in some of the gun groups about it, and it's been interesting, and I just want to throw it out there. I did see one where it was like a whole bunch of people lined up in a, in a line, and they were using rubber bullets to shoot at the uh, uh, rioters, I believe. Oh, it, pretty much like I think I saw an article like Johannesburg has basically run out of less lethal ammunition. So they're basically either going to start beating the shit out of you with sticks or they're going to start shooting you. Yeah, uh, speaking of Johannesburg, there's this uh, interesting thing. So for those of you that don't remember, I play Pokemon Go because I'm a little bit of a weeb. And uh, I also cheat. And by cheat, I mean I spoof my location. For those that don't understand that, basically means right now I'm playing in New York even though I live in Indiana. That said, I was in Johannesburg and there was a Pokestop for a bench that said, uh, White's not allowed. Interesting little tidbit. All right, then. <laughs> Moving on there. Uh, next article comes to us from Ameland, and the title of it is Nick's Data Gun Sales Drop Significantly in June of 2021. Now, obviously, if you're comparing this with June of 2020, of course, 2020 was a record setting year month after month after month. And the record from uh, June 2020 going to June 21. It's gone down a total of 29%. But when you're looking at June 2019 versus June 2021, the numbers for 2021 are actually still 40% higher. So firearm sales are still going through the roof, but obviously they're not as much as they were last year. And like we were talking about, you know, what, what was going on this time last year? You had all the riots, all that kind of shit. Uh, you know, people were not knowing what was going to happen. So that's the reason why. Anywho. I just thought that was interesting to throw out there. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think uh, it makes sense that we're seeing them lower because I think a lot of the people that didn't own firearms prior are going are, have already purchased the one that they wanted, and these are people that primarily are they're temporary gun owners. They aren't really in it because they they support the Second Amendment. They're they're having one because of the scare from last year and how things were shaping out to be. Now I think the reason that the uh, next checks are still up from 2019 is primarily because of who's in office right now. And I think we're going to continually see this for the next uh, three years, three years. Yeah. Well, and I think you're also going to still see it up. I think these people that maybe bought a gun last year might think like, oh, well, you know, I got myself a shotgun or a handgun. Uh, Maybe I need to get myself this now. Or the ones that were into it last year said, I need to get my first gun. You know, there's still people that, you know, do like two or three months worth of research before they actually buy something. Uh, And then now that shit's actually becoming available again, you're like, oh shit, you know, I've always been wanting that Glock 19. That's what I wanted last year, but they're out now. They're having them out again. Let me go ahead and grab one. So, yeah, I mean, that's definitely that's definitely going on, and it is. We also have a whole bunch more kids being born, I think, right now than we have before. I'm not 100 percent certain on that. So there's a whole bunch of kids that are turning 18 as we speak. Yep. 
So something else. Spock, uh, speaking of uh, Glock 19, have you seen the Block 19 co- uh, Glock <laughs> customization? You mean the, the the gun that's even gotten the attention of CNN? Yes. Uh, I don't know who the fuck thought that you know this was going to be a, a toy that kids would get. Uh, you still got to go through a 4473 to get this damn thing. Uh, and I guarantee you, if you bought this thing, you probably don't have kids uh, because nobody has that kind of dispensable money that has kids. Uh, as somebody that's got two of them myself, I can tell you that. Um, but this article comes to us from the Farms blog. Uh, it is titled Culper Precision Discontinues Block 19 Glock Customization. And I think this thing only was around for like, what, maybe not even a month? Yeah, no, it wasn't a lot around that that long. I mean, I'm surprised it took off like it did. I really am. I don't even know if it took off. I just think that like a bunch of people shared it because they thought it was funny looking, and yeah. then of course uh, some like anti-gun people saw it and were like, oh, this is terrible. Well, you know what kid is gonna see this and think that it's uh, uh, not a toy? You know that kind of dumb shit. Yeah, and I mean, to be honest, it does look like you could snap some Legos on that. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure you absolutely can, and that's probably one of the things that was, like, the selling point of it. But, like, nobody ever thought, you know, they were going to have this, and I don't know. I mean, I've my son used to be really into Legos, so, I mean, he's built a lot of cool shit with Legos. I've never seen a Lego look this fucking cool. Uh, But basically, if, if you haven't seen the pictures, what it is, it's a Glock 19 with a bunch of Lego shit on it. Uh, it's got like the Lego pegboard on the uh, grips, on the slides. Uh, you can like, on, it looks like the pegboards on the slides, you can actually put Legos on it. Um, you know, on the picture, they have like a little Lego red dot. They have Lego fiber optic sights, shit like that. Uh, and, you know, it's just like it's a gimmick. Whoa, you know? whoa, 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 wait. The, yeah, those are actually Legos. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, those are actual Legos. Yeah, I just noticed that the rear sight channel is empty and that the rear sight's actually Lego. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, you could you could put, like, some real Lego shit on there if you wanted to. Uh, but, like, this is, like, in a gimmick. You know, you can put, like, real Legos on that fucking thing and expect them to stay on if you actually I shot wanna it. See, I want to see a meltdown with Legos on it. Did you hear that? I've wrecked veteran 8888. Do a meltdown on this motherfucker. Do it, bitch. Do it. Now, on this next article, uh, we were hoping to have our buddy... You know, good old buddy Cole, uh, you know, our friendly uh, favorite attorney that we uh, know on, but he wasn't able to make it. He's driving. Uh, if you saw the the group message, he actually messaged right while we were uh, doing this, Mike. And I said, don't worry about it. Uh, Mike's being our legal expert today, so you're yes. covered. <laughs> I am lawyer. <laughs> I, I am I am Esquire. <laughs> but uh, gun owners hail monumental victory for gun rights in Fourth Circuit ruling. Now, basically what this is, if you haven't uh, been keeping up with it, there was, uh, I believe it was a three-judge panel that shot down the handgun uh, minimum age requirement, saying that anyone 18 to 20 years of age can purchase a handgun. Uh, And this came out of the Fourth Circuit, and the Fourth Circuit is, do you know off the top of your head where that is, Mike? Uh, I don't know all the areas. Um, Actually, you know what, you you keep talking, I'm going to Google it, because now I'm a little bit irritated, I can't remember it. I got you. But basically what the ruling stated was that, you know, as soon as you read 18, as as soon as you reach 18, 
cons- all constitutional rights apply to you then because you are considered a full legal adult in the United States. So with that, they said that the age requirement of 21 years old to purchase a handgun was unconstitutional because the Second Amendment is a constitutional right. So uh, this was a uh, lawsuit brought up by the Second Amendment Foundation, uh, which fucking good jam, you know, good jam up job for them. Uh, there's also similar cases pending in Illinois, Louisiana, Pennsylvania, Washington, California, Minnesota, and other states uh, that this Fourth Circuit ruling could directly impact, says the Second Amendment Foundation, and the importance of common sense decisions such as Judge Richardson's cannot be overstated. Now, obviously, this is going to probably go before a full judge panel in the Fourth Circuit, and it will probably go up to the Supreme Court because I can see this being a uh, SCOTUS decision with something yeah. this important. Especially, uh, yeah, so the 4th District is uh, the District of Maryland, Eastern District of North Carolina, Middle District of North Carolina, Western District of, basically North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, West Virginia, and Maryland, it looks like. Okay, yeah. so like uh, northeast of the south. Yeah, and also, the, I mean, I agree that it's probably going to go to SCOTUS, and the main reason I think it's going to go there is because there is a contradicting ruling by the Fifth Circuit Court from 2012. I believe it was based on what happened during New Orleans' uh, Katrina. I'm not 100% certain whether yeah. or not that was the case, but it, there was a, there is a contradicting ruling there, and I do think because of that existing, it's it's more likely that SCOTUS is going to take the case but if they don't, um, from my understanding, is the only states that affect, that this ruling affects right now and going forward are the states that are within the jurisdiction of the Fourth Circuit Court. So if you live in Indiana, you live in Georgia, etc., this ruling does not affect you whatsoever. And if you live in the Fifth Circuit Court district, then you are affected by the 2012 ruling. At least that's my yeah. understanding. Again... I'm just a fake lawyer that's here in place of Cole. Cole, I miss you. I look like an idiot right now. <laughs> and, it, you know, this is interesting just because of the fact that, you know, what was it? I think it was 2019, 2020. Uh, you had the FPC and SAF and all of them. They were putting out, like, callings to people to say, like, you know, if you're under 21 and you are trying to purchase a handgun, let us know. Or if you were denied from purchasing a handgun, let us know. You know, I'm telling you, those places are filled with, you know, fucking smarty pants. And they know what they're looking for in regards to a perfect case to make these kind of precedents. So I- I'm super interested to see how that's going to go out. Uh, next article comes to us from the Farms blog, and I just thought this was interesting. I want to throw this out there. Uh, Anderson Manufacturing claims number one spot in U.S. firearms production, and what has happened is Anderson Manufacturing has produced over two, uh, 300,000 firearms, outranking other firearms giants like Brownells, Ruger, Mossberg, and PSA, which I was surprised that they actually made you know made more firearms than PSA because PSA like makes a fuck ton of firearms. Uh, and I, you know, I think this is interesting because you're starting to see some AR-15s come back below $500. Of course, they're Anderson firearms. Um, but I just, you know, want to throw this out there. Everybody makes fun of Anderson because of how much shit that they make. Well, they claim the number one spot in U.S. firearms production, and that's how many they made in the last two years. Now, to give some credit to PSA, since they were mentioned, they do a lot more than any other industry giant in terms of trying to make more 
more uh, platforms affordable for the average American. They're trying to do it with the MP5. They're trying to do it with the AK. They're doing it with the AR. They're trying to do it with the Glock. I mean, who the hell knows what they're going to try doing next in order to make shit more affordable for the average person? The only thing that they need to really work on, and I think they're trying to do, is work on their reliability and and their tolerances. I think they're trying their best. Well, and I will say this, man. Like, uh, fucking PSA needs to finish making the dagger. You know, they were supposed to have the two versions of their Glock 19 killer, as they called it. Uh, they came out with, like, the base version, which was, like, two ninety nine ninety nine, And they were supposed to come out with another one that was, like, threaded barrel, suppressor height sights, and optic ready. And they never came out with it. And it's been, like, what, four fucking years since they've supposed to have come out with their MP5 clone? Yeah, I mean, it was something like that. And, I mean, I played with the... Uh, it wasn't the MP5 clone, but I did play with the AKV before it came out at the NRA show, and I also played with the Kalashnikov version. And I have to tell you, I really thoroughly enjoyed the PSA AKV, God, that's a fucking tongue twister, more than I did the Kalashnikov. Like, I played yeah. with both of them. The booths were relatively close, so I was able to bounce from one to the other. And the Kalashnikov just didn't seem like a was as smooth as as ridiculous as that sounds yeah that's interesting uh the God damn, i don't know what my dogs are doing but they keep bumping into shit and i keep hearing <laughs> shit and i'm like who the fuck is in my house but it's just my dog my big dumb fucking dog bumping into things moving around uh so if you hear that shit that's what it is uh next article actually comes to us from cnn and this is in regards to uh, police say they found about a dozen firearms in a Denver hotel close to the MLB All-Star game. Now, I threw this in here. You know, obviously, these people were just shitheads. Uh, they found, like, ecstasy, heroin, methamphetamine. They found uh, 12 firearms, a ballistic vest, and a law enforcement duty belt in the vehicle that was associated with the room. Uh, but here's what I didn't like about it. You know, the Denver police feared a Las Vegas-style shooting Well, you know, Unless the government was involved, I don't think there will be a Las Vegas-style shooting because, change my mind, uh, that was a false flag. You haven't heard anything else about it. And I say false flag. I'm not saying people didn't die, but I don't think one fucking guy with uh, a couple bump stock firearms did that. Uh, but basically what happened was is a house-cleaning lady. Uh, and I'm saying lady. It could have been a fucking dude, whatever. It's fucking sue me. Um, found, uh, was doing... Uh, cleaning of this and you know she found some firearms she called the police the police did a search of the hotel room and found this and then obviously ended up arresting them uh the uh, all these people were of hispanic descent it looks like by the the names like two of them names are rodriguez uh anyway you know <sighs> I don't I'm, think there's going to be a mass shooting. I think it was the fact that it was the All-Star game, and a lot of people are going to be wanting to buy drugs before they go in and do and watch the game. Yeah. And well, these were Denver. Just, like, everything else is fucking legal there. Yeah, so you know, I think this was just some guys that were trying to make profit off of the event that was about to happen. I don't see it as they were going to go shoot up the event, because why would you do that when you could make tons of fucking money off the drugs that you're going to sell well to me i put this in here because if it's a fourth amendment issue you like you know shot show is coming up i'm planning yeah. on going to shot show uh i'm not staying at a hotel i'm staying at airbnb but you know what if you know i bring my firearm out there 
and a hotel cleaning lady sees my firearm or sees like a magazine or something to do with firearm related stuff. Uh, you know, of course, like whenever I go to a hotel, I always leave that fucking do not disturb sign there. But, you know, I, like, I just went on a uh, vacation uh, not too long ago, which, by the way, I went to the uh, Nashville Armory and the Glock Superstore there. That Glock Superstore was actually pretty fucking impressive, dude, I got to say. And also Nashville Armory, shout out to them. It was a pretty good store as well. Um, you know, what if I go there and like, you know, during when I was up there at that point in time, uh, you know, the fucking do not disturb thing fell off of the door. So a cleaning lady can just go into my room, see something that she thought was suspicious and call the police on me. You know, where does the Fourth Amendment really apply and stuff like this? You know, because it's guns, do we now have less Fourth Amendment rights? You know, that's where I'm getting at. Well, yeah, and that's where and, and this one, this this case really does apply to the one where we were talking about earlier, where. You know, a lot of people believe that the Second Amendment isn't is. I, I think the word is vested. Am I? I think, but basically that you know that it's protected by the Fourteenth Amendment. A lot of people don't think that's the case, which means that it's not protected by any of the other amendments that were ratified with the Fourteenth Amendment. Well, McDonald versus Chicago says, yeah, no, it is. It is protected by the Fourteenth Amendment, which means in this instance, the Second Amendment is covered by the Fourth Amendment, so they shouldn't have searched the room in the first place. And, you know, if this does go to federal court, I think this is going to be the very first time that the legality of McDonald versus Chicago is going to be explored or not the legality, but the the extent of it, I should say. Well, I, I like I said, I think this is not going to probably get that far. It's not a very good case just because the fact they had that all the, you know, all those other drugs in there. So, hey, I got I got to unfortunately go. The girlfriend can't get her car to start. I think she left her lights on, and I think she needs jumped. <laughs> God damn it. Well, can you be right back? Because I really want to talk about T-Rex arms, and I think you have an opposing view of mine, and I'd like to have it on there. Yeah, we can talk. We, we can actually talk about that real quick right now. We can get that out of the way, and then I'll hop off and go Okay, the white sounds good. Night. All right. So uh, going into the next thing, and this is something that's happened – uh, since the last episode, a uh, YouTube channel has come out and basically called out Lucas of T-Rex Arms and said that, uh, you know, he, he teaches bad tactics, that he lies in regards to saying that he's trained uh, SWAT units and also trained uh, special forces groups, uh, lying in regards to him saying that he's written SOPs for army units. Uh, Lucas Arms has come out and doubled down and said that uh, he has trained SWAT teams and special forces units. Uh, he does not claim himself to be a trainer, uh, but he says that he is looking and training in further disciplines later on down the road, including guerrilla tactics, which I thought was fucking stupid. Um, and in response, that Navy, uh, I can't remember, was it like Navy Man and some other fucking numbers jumbled after his YouTube uh, he has come out and said that, you know, hey, um, I'm t taking down and he t he voluntarily took down his other video. Uh, he said it wasn't because of Lucas and, you know, any sort of litigation, which I could actually have seen that happening. Uh, Lucas said he didn't have any sort of litigation against the guy to take down the video. Uh, but it is, you know, come up and been a huge thing you know you see a lot of people that are lucas fanboys uh you know come out and say you know hey he is legit and i'm not saying lucas is a bad shooter i think lucas is actually a, probably a really good shooter uh but if he was to leave it at that you know that would be fine but his 
claims that he's trained these units and all this other shit. Uh, you know, I, I kind of against it. Uh, you know, Lucas is been famous because they actually used him and his motions for uh, Call of Duty in regards to uh, some other stuff. Uh, what is your thoughts on this, Mike? Well, uh, I abhor lying. I absolutely hate lying. I think I think Lucas, if this is true, and Lucas didn't train these units, didn't obviously he didn't write SOP because he he's not from that crowd and that crowd all like the military is only going to use military guys typically speaking to write sops lucas isn't from the military he has no military background he has no law enforcement background special operations units aren't going to ask some 27 year old guy what they should be doing you know uh i'm not like i'm retarded but i'm not that retarded. yeah my issue here is there is a bigger stink being made about this than there was about Iraq veteran 8888 taking money for reviews and then telling his audience that he was not being paid to review products. There was not a gigantic stink being made about that. And I can say this with certainty because more gun owners than not online don't realize how dirty IV8888 is in his dealings. It doesn't matter that Forge from Freedom published the email, which he did. And I also have a problem with the fact that no one wanted to call out Steve Fisher stating that he forged review data for a rifle in a modcast, which for anyone that wants to listen to that to verify what I'm saying, it's the primary and secondary modcast 224, quarantine open mic one. It's about at the 45-minute mark where Caleb Giddings and Steve Fisher start going back and forth about how uh, they do bot reviews, where they buy the gun, and then I quote, sell the piece of shit to get a second paycheck. Steve Fisher goes on to say that he got a review, that he got a rifle for review, didn't have time to do an accuracy test, so he just stole the data from another rifle review, a similar rifle, not the same rifle, and just said, oh, what the hell, this will work. And then Caleb Giddings goes on to say, you know, it doesn't, the only thing that matters is you getting a paycheck, not the intellectual integrity. No one wanted to call that shit out. No one wanted to call out IV-8888, but now everyone wants to call out Lucas in, in, in this large, uh, in this very big manner. You know, everyone's making memes about it and calling them out, and they're, oh, well, you're not cool because you lie. Well, okay, here are these other people that actually uh, thousands of gun owners look up to as being honest and and intellectually stable, but they lie. And they have a history of lying. And they aren't being called out by the same people that want to call out Lucas. It's not that I agree with Lucas. It's not that I'm defending him. It's, uh, you're contradicting yourself. If you're going to call out one, you need to call out the other. And it doesn't matter if the other is your friend or not. You need to call out, you need to have the consistency. And without that consistency, your opinion's really worthless. And I don't mean any offense by that. It's, it's, you know, it's kind of like that status that I made the other day. Where it's, it's, you know, people saying one thing, but then they defend the other. You know what I mean? Well, now I will say this. You know, uh, there are other things that have come out that I probably haven't jumped on the gun as much as I have before. Just because I was not made aware of them as quickly as I have with this. Um, in regards to Lucas, you know, I am not denying at all that Lucas is a strong Second Amendment supporter. Uh, you know, and a lot of people say in the gun community, we eat our own. And I, you know, I will say we definitely eat our own, but I think it's also we try and keep ourselves accountable 
because anytime we have somebody that tries to stand up and say that, you know, I'm a leader of the Second Amendment movement, stuff like that. That's why people love to go after people like Rob Pincus um, is because he makes himself known as as a person uh, that goes after uh, that kind of, st- you know, for that kind of stuff. But, you know, and it's kind of the same with Lucas because, you know, Lucas uh, is a part of a fundamental Christian organization. Uh, his parents, you know, uh, is kind of along the line of like Joel Olstein and all that other kind of stuff, I will say. Um, and, you know, for that, you know, like just, you know, big Christian personalities, I should say. Um, and he has made, you know, comments previously where he does not, you know, support, you know, certain LGBTQ rights. And I'm not saying he doesn't support their, you know, their Second Amendment rights, but like in regards to what he's come out and said, you know, as in regards to like gay marriage and stuff like that, um, I, you know, that's one thing that I will say that has got him into some trouble before because, in my opinion, the Second Amendment includes everybody. But, you know, Lucas has not come out and say, you know, hey, I'm against gay marriage, but I don't think gays, you know, should own firearms. He hasn't said stuff like that. Um, he's just one that people point out quickly because he makes himself have such a large presence and he goes after the spotlight. He wants to be that kind of figure. And really because does. of that, uh, he, you know, put a big old target on his back whenever he made these claims and he's doubling down on them. Uh, is my thing, you know, uh, I agree. Do I think, cause I think his location is like right around Kentucky or Tennessee or something yeah, like in, that. Yeah. He's in Tennessee. He actually yeah. has a pretty big facility, believe it or not. Yeah. I mean, he's got a really big facility. Um, and you know, he does a lot of good editing reviews, stuff like that whenever it comes to equipment, but whenever it comes to like shooting, uh, and all that other kind of stuff, you know, I, you know, the, they just came out with a new video where, like, he flagged, like, everybody on the firing line uh, with his yep. rifle when he trans- transitioned to his pistol. I remember that, yeah. But, you know, I do want to highlight one thing that, that T-Rex Arms does specifically, which is really fantastic in my opinion. They actually buy a whole bunch of different rifles, a whole bunch of different handguns, have them all set up differently. So that way, if a customer, and not even just uh, not even just a customer, anyone that messages the Instagram account, you can message them and ask them if a specific optic or work with a specific rail or a specific mount or how they will uh, work out with a specific light and a specific position. And one of the guys goes back into the armory and does that configuration to be able to tell that customer, just that follower, yeah, this will work. No, this won't work. And I think that's something that we really need in the community. Um, regardless of what, what anyone thinks about Lucas or T-Rex Arms or their products, I think that is a huge help to the community because it really helps uh, like a new AR owner figure out what they actually need to buy versus going off what their friend says they think will work. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, I, you know, all I'm mainly doing is just pointing out to say, like, we as the Second Amendment community need to be careful on who we choose as our leaders uh, because yeah. we want to make sure that whoever is the face of the Second Amendment community uh, is an infallible character, you know, somebody that yep. can't be picked apart uh, by, uh, you know, mainstream media and saying, well, this person right here, uh, is anti-LGBT, even though it might just be, you know, he's against gay marriage, which, you know, like I've said before, you know, as long as we can agree on that the Second Amendment is for everyone and it's unequivocally, you know, shall not be infringed, we can agree on that, that's fine. 
Uh, I just want to make sure that, you know, he hasn't said otherwise that I know of uh, in regards to, you know, like, you know, the Second Amendment is for, you know, the LGBT community as well. Uh, But I'm just curious in regards to, you know, what his thoughts are on that. If, you know, he hasn't said anything differently. But in regards to this, you know, he's created a big stink for doubling down on it. The guy that made this video, uh, he hasn't come out with anything else. And, you know, I don't know. It's just big old drama. And in regards to that, I just thought it'd be interesting to talk about. Yeah, and I mean, like like I said, I'm I'm not trying to defend him. It's 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 the fact that I'm not seeing the the and <clears throat> the the consistency from people. You know, it's it's oh well, we're gonna jump on this, and it's because he painted the target on his back. Absolutely, you know, I can't I can't doubt that, but it, it's it's the inconsistency that really really bothers me. You know. And we need more consistency in this community. The one thing that we do not have, and I think it's why we can't get anything to happen for the most part, is because we have no consistency. Everyone wants to say something different. It's so legit, it's like watching a flick when I cut a verse. The moment you open the shit that I posted, it's just like a motion pick. No one script is coming close to this. I'm like a film when I rap, because I'm real and I keep it rolling, bitch. My shit is so universal. It's easy to try and relate. I'm just trying to make my dream work. So as soon as they open the lion's gate, it's over for y'all. I do it for pussy. I learned how to rap just to pork your mother. I made a movie with your sister. She's about to be famous. I told her to warn her brothers. You're just a corner cutter, never been a hustler. Well, with that, let's go ahead and wrap up this one section. Uh, Mike, if you can like stick around for like five minutes, I think we can finish this up real fast. Unless she needs to go somewhere. Yeah, we can do it. Okay. All right. uh, Let's go on and get into the uh, the gun news gear. Fuck, I can't. Anyway, (laughs) gun gear news and reviews. Uh, The only thing I got to talk about is uh, RCBS, and this is for all the reloading nerds out there like me. Uh, RCBS introduces the Charge Master Link electronic powder dispenser. Uh, I do not have a electronic powder dispenser. Those are awesome. They're really cool. Uh, It also has a Bluetooth compatibility with an app, which I think is cool. It's got a 2,000 grain capacity, and it's within point one grain accuracy uh i think that's really cool rcbs makes great stuff uh but now the price holy cow is 350 which with electronic powder dispensers it's going to be pretty expensive so uh mike i know you hadn't gotten into any reloading yet so uh no unfortunately you're killing me smalls (laughs) need to fix yourself Hey, hey, I've only been into guns for like four years. You gotta give me a break. Yeah. Uh, and in regards to uh, gun gear news and reviews, uh, Mike has just put up a new article in regards to the Smith and Wesson M&P. What was it? The compact. Yep. Compact optics ready model. And let me tell you, there's like no reviews on that specific gun other than mine. And I love my M&P. Uh, I really have been looking and getting in a compact as well to go along with my full size pro core that I have. Uh, so for Mike's gun news and reviews, I suggest you go read his article at justpews.com. I believe you gave it a favorable review though, Mike. Oh yeah, I definitely did. And I will say like it was an abbreviated review because I'm not going to have it as long as I anticipated. Um, and that's because of the goals for the website. It'd be better for me to divert those funds to something else. Yeah. But yeah, there's a couple of things, even though it's abbreviated, there's a couple of things in there that haven't been mentioned in any other review that are worth checking. Interesting. Definitely check that out at justpews.com. Uh, Mike, unless you got nothing else, we'll go and get into the culture segment because this is your baby today. You picked the gun culture segment. 
Yes, I did. <laughs> All right, so let's get on into that. Clown, straight up bringing them brothers. My team holding it down, straight up bringing them buddies. When I rain blowing them clouds, better bring them on brothers. Brand new Marcellus, my shooter's French and vanilla. She trying to trick a fella, I pick up my pen and tell her. Nobody do it better like DOC with them letters. Reverse, though, you better be COD with my cheddar. Reverse, go harder than anything that you work for. Build it from the ground. All right, on this gun culture segment, Mike, what are we talking about? We are talking about none other than Call of Duty Cold War. Well, Black Ops Cold War. Absolutely. And Mike <laughs> did not realize uh, that I am a uh, Xbox Live player. I have Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Um, I play it every fair, once in a while. Because you're a boomer. <laughs> I am not a boomer. I'm actually a millennial, uh, even though my body feels a whole lot older That's uh, than what it does. something a boomer would say. Well, that's what every veteran would say. Uh, but I will say that there was a lot of cool shit on Black Ops Cold War. Uh, we do talk about anything from from TV shows, movies, books, video games. Uh, this is a very popular video game. Uh, I, it's one of those things that I got this past Christmas. Uh, I saved for my son, but it's also was for me. So yep. that's how you know. it usually works. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Uh, but just talk about some of the cool shit that's on here. Uh, there is a QBZ-83, which is a AK-47 style bullpup. Uh, there's also a uh, Farah-83, which is a, I believe that's a French gun. Uh, takes the M, uh, M4 mags. Yeah, wait, the Farah, yeah, I think that I think that's supposed to be the FAMAS. Yeah, it says the Farah, but it does look like a FAMAS. You're right. Yeah, so I mean, I'm not... I'm not 100% certain what it's supposed to be out because like it, it looks like a FAMAS, but it doesn't at the same time. Something I thought was really cool that they have on there still is a PPSH-41, mm-hmm. uh, which those are fun guns, man. Yeah, they really are. And I do... The one thing that's really weird about the game, in my opinion, is the the Diametti, which is supposed to be the Beretta uh, 93, which is the uh, semi... Or no, the Burst 92. They turn that, they have different skins for it where it looks like a Beretta 92 in one skin, but then in the other skin, it looks like a 226. Yeah. But my favorite one, appearance wise, if none of you have ever played Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, yeah, Black Ops Cold War, look up the blueprint Regal Shiv. It is an absolutely beautiful handgun that looks like a, a mix between a 226 and a Beretta 92. It's a very, it almost looks like a, a Fabergé egg. It's really pretty. Well, two things that they have in there, and, and all these are all this is coming to us from GamesAtlas.com, I should say. Uh, we're not using our usual IMFDB. Uh, that they have a under sniper rifles a ZRG 20 millimeter, but also there's a Swiss K31, which I love the old bolt action World War II style rifles. And what's uh, cool about the K11 is it's a straight pullback. Yep, that's really awesome. Um, and think that is going to be the majority of it. Oh, they have the ballistic knife, which is cool yeah, as well. Yeah. The ballistic knife is really cool. I've gotten to use it once or twice. Um, I will say they did surprisingly nerf the MP5 recently. Yep. I, I, well, I'm, I don't think it's been recently, recently, but recent enough. Um, Call of Duty used to have a love affair with that thing. It was better than the M4 in Modern Warfare. It was better than anything in Modern Warfare. And yep. When Cold War came out, it was still the best gun, and now it's one of the worst. 
which is mm-hmm. really surprising. And then uh, just two other guns I want to mention in it is uh, they got a Street Sweeper and SA-12, uh, which the SA-12 is still kind of like one of my unicorn guns that I want to get just because of Jurassic Park. Now, does that say which gun the C-83 is or C-58? Uh, I do not see. Darn, because that's actually become one of my favorite guns. I was actually playing on the uh, Rush map the other night, and I got 13 kills in a row with that thing. Nice. It was absolutely insane. Yeah, my KD on that game, or on that match specifically, I think it was 13, 14? I think it was right around the same amount that I got for that that kill streak I got. It was insane. That's pretty cool. Well, with that, let's go ahead and wrap up our colon culture segment. Wrap up the show and get Mike and his girlfriend on the road. Back in the day, 21 gang, wood grain on the cake. Big slaughter, nigga, big dagger in my face. Ski mask, fuck a camera, gun them down on tape. Breaking news, boss five, pussy well on place. I caught my Hellcat OVO, cause it keep a Drake. Red dot, headshot, pussy DOA. Count me a 10 in one minute, count a whole hundred and ten minutes. Nigga need to call that little Beyblade, cause I would do a spin. Well, I agree appreciate you guys listening to another episode of the 2A Lifestyle. If you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this. Leave us a review. It's the best way for people to find us when they're looking for gun-related content. You can find me everywhere on social media, 2A Lifestyle. You can find Mike on Facebook and Instagram, Just Pews. Uh, you can also find uh, him on Instagram, Just Pews. Uh, on Instagram, you can also find him as Actual. Go ahead and check out JustPews.com. That's where you can find both of us as well. Uh, also, if you can, please check out our Patreon. That is the best way for you to support the show. Anything you guys give go directly back into the show. Uh, and we're going to be having some extra treats for everyone that supports the show on Patreon. And with that, Mike, I appreciate you sticking around since you had to take your old lady to the <laughs> wherever she's got to go. Uh, and I will talk to you later, man. And until then, keep on enjoying that 2A lifestyle. I got my money up. Counting all these bands took me a while just to damn run it up. Multi-millions, I feel a hundred up. All this cash on me, but I still can't buy love. Put the Hondas in the Chanel, got my racks up. Sit back, flip shit like I can bat, nigga, get the stacks up. Got two accounts, still got bands in my backup. All this cash, nothing is money still.